Coming up, how important is Gen Z to us as marketers? And my interview with Kat Agostino and Jay Richards of Imogen, all about how to work with the Gen Z audience. This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Welcome back to Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed family of events that includes our live event in September 2021. And before that, Marketed Light, a week's worth of marketing education coming to you from wherever the hell you are. I'm your host, Biz Paul, and together we're going to navigate the ever-changing world of marketing. Before we go any further, can I give a big shout out to Captivate, our podcast sponsor. Captivate is the world's only growth-oriented podcast hosting platform. And every time that I use it, it is such a joy just because the user interface is lovely. The uh, analytics that it gives you, I can tell exactly, you know, who's listening on what platform and which are our most popular episodes. And it's really insightful to see how many people listen to previous seasons as well. So uh, if you haven't listened to the previous season, go and check that out now. But it's really interesting to see uh, how many people go back uh, after listening to uh, a recent episode. Maybe you're one of those people. If you want to know more about Captivate, go and check them out at captivate.fm. Now, today we're talking about Gen Z or Gen Z, depending on what you want to call them. You'll hear in the interview that Jay and Kat uh, both say different things, and that's fine because, you know, whatever you want to say, that's that's all good. But why why is gen z or gen z important um the 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 age bracket of gen z is so vast like i suppose all of these demographics and I'm, to be honest i'm always a bit nervous about grouping people together because yes we're all individuals but in marketing i guess we we put things in in brackets and uh you may or may not work a, a lot with with gen z but uh the the age range is apparently something between seven and eight and twenty five. Now that is vast. Like that means that I have two children in the Gen Z uh, category, and they're nowhere near, uh, you know, going to work or anything like 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 that. And what always strikes me about when we're talking about Gen Z and that and that vastness is the differences between what a seven and eight year old might do or think or act and someone who's at the top of that age bracket someone who is in their in their early 20s just think about the life experience that is that is different someone who's at the younger end probably doesn't have any or very little of their own disposable income someone at the top i mean they still might not have much disposable income but they will be allowed to do with it what they want those older members of that demographic can make their own decisions someone who's seven or eight may be able to influence a parent but may not be able to go and actually make the purchase how they uh their, their life experiences you know i mean god we're talking about going through adolescence and puberty during that time it's it's such a massive change it honestly i'm not sure i could work in a gen z environment because uh trying to understand that would be would be quite difficult 
But what's interesting, I think, about the conversation that I'm about to have with Kat and Jay is how they focus on the on that difference, on that difference between the younger and the older audiences and, and what, you know, what that means in terms of how you interact as a brand with that audience. One of the things I think that is always really important, particularly when thinking about a Gen Z uh, collective of people, is that these are the key decision makers of tomorrow. They may not be in a senior position at age 20, but they may be in 10 years, 20 years time. And how they're influenced by their interaction with brands or how their life experiences to date affect them is going to influence massively on their decision making process in the future. We'll talk also in the interview about loyalty and how brands can get that loyalty and how Gen Z prefers loyalty. And I think that is also really interesting. We've we've always seen, even in cases like uh, Microsoft, Microsoft have a history of you know, giving away software to educational establishments for free because, uh, and I don't know this for sure because I don't work for Microsoft, but the uh, the suggestion is that by building uh, brand loyalty, familiarity in younger years, you naturally gravitate towards the Microsoft suite of products when you're older. Now, maybe that's not true for, for, for Gen Z, uh, who knows, because I'm not in that category, right? But... Uh, I think even if you're looking at the lower end, remembering that these are customers of tomorrow or today is important in how you approach them. The other thing that I think is really important is, although we might be tempted to see this audience as a young audience, and as much as we might be tempted to sort of disparage things like people's use of TikTok and how people can communicate or how they prefer to communicate, We have to be careful that we don't patronize because what we do know is that feeling that you're being condescended towards is a massive turnoff. And there are some really easy missteps that brands can make when dealing with any demographic, but certainly for, for Gen Z. And we'll certainly talk about that in the interview. So without any delay, let's go and listen to our interview with Kat and Jay from Imagine. Kat Agostino is co-founder and COO of Imagine. Kat has been a supporter and promoter of talent throughout her career and also founded Dawn in 2009, a community dedicated to inspiring and developing women's careers both personally and professionally. Kat was listed as an IPA Women of Tomorrow finalist in 2018 and is a contributing member to the Conscious Advertising Network, also known as CAN or, or CAN. And with her is Jay Richards. Imagine's co-founder and CEO. Jay is the fifth of six children from migrant parents. He's a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and credits his business studies teacher at school for guiding his sense of entrepreneurship in the right direction at the right time and now aims to provide opportunities for Gen Z to shape their future. Kat and Jay, welcome to Marketed Not Live. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. It's it's really great to to, to have you on. Um, We didn't know each other before today and... Uh, I think I've got lots of questions uh, for you. Uh, tell us a little bit first about Imagine, the company, what its purpose is and uh, what sort of things that, that you do there. Yeah. Um, Kat, should I go? 
Yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, firstly, thank you for having us, Paul. Um, when your name come up, Paul Ince, I was super excited. I was like, bro, we're having it. We're having a, we're having a podcast interview with Paul Ince. Happens all the and time. Then, yeah, and then, <laughs> so, so thank you so much. I'm, I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. But yeah, um, I imagine our entire mission is to help Gen Z to shape their future. And we know the best way for Gen Z to shape their future is with brands because brands shape companies culture and countries um like governments and donald trump wish they only could um so what we do is we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource feedback ideas or insights from our community of gen z consultants so uh, we're a crowdsource engine for everything gen z so that that is our mission and and, and that's what we do so how do you get uh, how do you get your your consultants on on board? How do you find them? Because obviously there's quite a, a lot of, of of Gen Z uh, people around. Yeah, there are there are, and um, actually that's a huge part of my job. So um, I speak to I spend a lot of time speaking to schools, to colleges, universities, apprenticeships, basically um, any youth organisation, anyone that has. 16 to 24 year olds um, that are interested in paid work opportunities but also in opportunities that will um, enable them to um, participate in work that maybe they might not have access to normally um, so you know I previously before lockdown I was going to a lot of into a lot of schools and a lot of um, careers fairs and, and, and events and anything like that um, and obviously now we're, we're just doing a lot of that online having a lot of calls um, but always trying to encourage people to join our community there's no limit to the amount of um, Gen Z that can join. So when you say you know about, about doing work that they wouldn't normally do is this is this a careers thing is it do do you see their is it a career thing for them? Are they looking to, to get work or is it really more about saying, you know, here is an opportunity that, it, you know, you don't have to be an apprentice or you don't have to go straight in, into work or to college. There are opportunities to work with brands. Is that the crux of it? Yeah, so um, they, a lot of people do, so people can be at different stages through there. So they can be a student, um, they can have decided to, you know, they might be in full-time work and, and this is a side hustle for them. Um, it might be something that they do, you know, alongside part-time work. So it kind of, it, it's flexible enough to um, fit to any scenario. And what we're trying to do is provide them with opportunities to, um, you know, gain confidence or to um, express their creativity, to give their voice to get their opinions heard, to be a part of something um, that might not always be that accessible to them. So they might not be studying marketing and want to go into marketing, but yet they've actually got an opportunity to participate in work that is in that industry that will just help them um, shape their future. So we're not talking about influencer marketing, really. It no. seems more than that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's I think... If you look at influencer marketing, that's normally towards the um, the actual rolling out of something. You, you've got somebody, they're creating a piece of content for you, putting it out. Um, our consultants come much earlier in the stage. They're in the ideation. They're in the creation. They're the one that's helping to, to actually build the campaign or build the branding or build the product, whatever it may be, before it actually goes out to the rest of the world. Um, so, yeah, so they're just super talented human beings that um, can can add value to brands and brand in, in ways that brands have never been able to really, um, really engage or get value from before. So how are brands tapping into this generation then and their, their ideas? Yeah, so there's... there's Oh, sorry, Kat, go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. You, you were <laughs> there, <laughs> there are... Um, so there's two main ways that brands work with us. So that's either the feedback side of things or the ideation side of things. 
So the feedback would be um, brands come to us and go, okay, say, for example, they've got three marketing campaigns. They're like, we don't know which marketing campaign to go with for Gen Z. We can take those three campaigns, send them to our consultants via push notification. And within 72 hours, the brand can get 50 or 60 or 70 videos back from our community saying, this is the one campaign you should go with. This is why we love that campaign, but most importantly, how you can prove it. So they get that qualitative data that they need to make an informed decision. So that's the feedback side of things. And then we have ideation side of things. A brand may come and go, we have no idea what product, branding or marketing we want to aim at Gen Z, but we know they're our target audience. And what we can do is we can go to our community and say, if you were going to design a new e-commerce platform for FIFA, what would it look like? So then Gen Z can then actually, our community can actually design that, create that, come up with the ideas for that. So the brand can then go, perfect. Okay, we've got the the ideas that we need to roll forward. Or some of our consultants can come in-house and actually work with the brand um, hand in hand. So it's really the feedback, sense check side of things or the ideation side of things. Okay. So And, um, and a good... Sorry, just to just to add to that, but a, a good example of, of kind of building on that is that, um, and I often I often sort of say this, but um, if you're a, if you're a femcare brand, for example, and you are um, targeting a 16 to 20 year old girl, um, female, uh, with your product, yet you don't consult with that that girl, um, that female, about the, about that product, about that marketing campaign, then how do you truly know what she wants to see and what she's going to resonate with unless you ask? Right. Uh, so, I mean, what, what's, what's interesting about this conversation, I always like conversations where I feel like I'm learning something here. And what strikes me about how you've described it is that it's, it's kind of like... Uh, no one likes comparisons, you know, otherwise we'd be saying you're the Tinder of this or whatever. But... Um, <laughs> But it's kind of what you're saying. It's kind of like well, you've got an element of market research, you've got a focus group, but you're almost going a stage further into bringing them into the process of of potentially being part of the marketing campaign. Is that a fair way to describe it in more traditional terms? Yeah, I would I would say it's a step prior to a focus group. So it it's that real co-creation phase. Um, it's it, you know that that road testing pro, yeah prior to launch because often focus groups and they have a, a, an absolute importance in in the world um, but they tend to be after something has been created or a lot of the, the ones that I have seen have, have been after and um, things have already been created so yeah this is just a step before but yes along those lines. Um, what what um, so what are they what are they telling you then what what is Gen Z telling you or what are you picking up from this collective of uh, young people uh, ab- about what their needs are, how they how they operate, the sorts of ideas that come from them. What does it tell you? Well, I mean, they're they're um, we we talk about this quite a lot, but you know, they are they're a truly digital. They're digital natives, okay. So they're that's different in itself. Um, they are absolutely this co-creator. Um, they're also activists. You know, they see the world as, as a massive community, as a huge community. Um, they love feedback and they love that strong dialogue. They want their opinions to be heard. So, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of a, they are very different to how millennials are. Um, and there's, yeah, there's just, there's so many things that are um, very different for them um, because of the way that they've grown up and, and, and this kind of digital um, nativeness that they have um, just enables them to be completely different. And they, you know, businesses are needing to realise that they are the future and that their opinions hold so much value um, and that they can teach 
older generations and younger generations, how to take so many, you know, how to take ideas forward. Um, you know, they're independent, they're money savvy. Um, they don't think nine to five. Um, they want flexibility and like how they work. You know, there's just, there's so many things about them that are, are just so important. Yeah. Do, do they do they like marketing? Yes, I think it's the I think the interesting thing about Gen Z is that they they want it to be done well because there's no excuse for it not to be done well. We live in a, we live in a time where they're looking around, going, "I could tomorrow set up a, an e-commerce business, um, and within within a few hours have a business set up, and, and people are buying directly from me." So when a brand then um, isn't taking that time or making that effort to really create something beautiful, put something beautiful into the world, whether that's branding, marketing or products, um, Gen Z will just question. I said, well, why didn't you do that? Because their argument would be, well, there's enough technology and there's enough of us, of us out here for you to make an effort and create something amazing. So if a brand or, or an agency isn't bringing something amazing to the table, Gen Z will just simply ask why, because for them, there is there is so much that can be done especially with this with this generation that there is no no excuse for brands not to do it. So they do love marketing, but they just believe that it should be done well and and I think that's something that we can all get behind. Sure. So let's let's I want to pose that same question then and relate it to to budgets because I think it's obviously easy to to be impressed with something that's a big budget where you're paying an influencer a lot of money to be part of your campaign. What about those businesses that would want to uh, appeal to a gen z audience but don't have that that budget so what are the what are the concepts in what you've just said that where where budget isn't irrelevant yeah it, i think it's a really good question i think the the best thing to do is just start small so if you can't access access someone like ourselves or you can't um you can't access um a whole bunch of gen z then just start small ask us five, 10, 15, 20, you, yeah. you will be able to find Gen Z within your space because Gen Z, the youngest are um, are seven and eight years old and the oldest are uh, 24 and 25. So there's a massive age range there and you'll definitely be able to find somebody within that age range that, that you can easily, um, I was gonna say get your hands on, that's probably not the term I wanna use, but <laughs> you can easily you can easily communicate with um, and just ask questions. And I think the the best way to do all of this is to come in humbly and ask for their honest opinions. And I think a lot of the time, my experience and Kat's experience within the, the marketing media space is a lot of time brands, they ask questions, they ask the questions where they know they're going to get the answers they want to hear. And I think mm -hmm. that time is gone now. And it's now time to ask questions saying, okay, actually, you know what, what do you honestly think of our product? And then be in a place where you're humble enough to take on those opinions and actually pivot, potentially pivot what you're doing for for the folks that um that you're that you're targeting so i think it's start small and find people within your within your space within your um within your community that you can easily easily speak to and and ask their honest opinions about what you are doing so this this and just be really open to that opinion as well i mean we we yeah. did it for for our own internal work so we went through a rebrand and you know we we got a group of consult our consultants together um because we'd already asked them what they thought of our previous name and our branding and everything else and and they really to be honest just slated it um and said how <laughs> how they hated it um and then we got them in a room and, and you know they helped us to come up with the name of imagine and what it meant um taking into our all of our values and stuff but you know they were brutal um but so i think you know starting small is a really good idea but you just have to be prepared for that 
honesty and that openness and to really if you're going to ask them then you've got to take it on board and to change things as a result but if they if that's what that group of people value and you're not able to reflect that in the way that you communicate with them then you're going to be rejected right yeah 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 exactly uh so i mean i suppose the other thing i guess is uh, a real desire not to be patronized this, yes. I mean, again, you know, you don't want a brand patronizing you and saying, you you know, you need this. Eight out of 10 women say, therefore, you need to follow the eight out of 10 yeah. women and do the yeah. same as them. That that's, seems the complete antithesis of, of how Gen Z will react to, to any kind of marketing like that. They want to make their own opinions. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think... Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love it. I love how we, we start off every sentence. We like, I think... I, um, <laughs> I think the exciting thing is, is so my, my bugbear with quantitative data sometimes is that, that, like, say, for example, there you just said eight out of 10. And sometimes we forget that that two could be billions of people. So when we're looking at an eight out of 10, we're like, oh, okay, eight out of 10, that's the majority. But when you're looking at those two, those could be people that are completely disenfranchised or completely marginalized simply for the fact that they're not part of the eight out of 10. And I think it's, it's brands have to be very um aware that the world is constantly changing and that gen z can simply google something they are very good at doing their research and i think it's it's time for brands to go okay we are humble enough to ask your opinions and then to apply those but sorry cat go ahead what you you're going to say something awesome i'm sure <laughs> no 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 it was it was it was actually that to be honest um yeah i completely agree with what you just said <laughs> Um, what what sort of formats are are they reacting well to? I mean, the the temptation, I guess, would be to go, oh, okay, like story format, video, digital, TikTok, right? Is that is that just an assumption, or are people uh, actually no, doing I that? Mean, yeah, they are. They are doing that, and and you know those um, those platforms have huge huge value, and obviously there's huge huge numbers of users there. Um, but it's about selling experience, not just product. Um, and so that's where it's, you know, again, it doesn't have to be a huge budget um, activation, but it's about trying to create an experience um, and a dialogue and build that trust rather than just pushing a product out. Um, so it, and that's really, yeah. So if you were selling a product to a Gen Z audience, uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about needing to convey... Uh, emotion, the way that it's going to make you feel, the the impact that it has, the experience that it gives to you and your friends, rather than use this face cream and you will look amazing. <laughs> um, again, it comes back to that thing of you know, have you asked them what they want to see? And there's going to be you know, there's going to be a need for yeah, this works. Um, you know, like your product example there, but there's also going to be, you know, a need for other things. And, and that's why we, you know, continually say you just have to involve them in the conversation. You have to build with them, um, not just for them. Um, you know, just telling them something, it doesn't just work. You know, you have to, you have to keep that conversation going. Um, and it's all about transparency as well. So when you, if you are going to say a product works, <laughs> how, can you prove that it works? Have you okay. actually tested that? Um, have you got their feedback on it before you start making those claims? Yeah, and I think and I think a, a great example of this is what Foot Asylum has been doing recently. So if you look at the way Foot Asylum have, have packaged themselves at the mo at the moment, they almost look like a media business or a um, or a because their YouTube channel is basically just like funny content about pranks and stuff like that. Um, 
But the whole time, it's Foot Asylum branded. And I think sometimes that brands are so used to shoving a product down users and consumers' throats that they forget that it's sometimes it can just be a relationship. Because if you're building a relationship with Foot Asylum, um, and you're not thinking of buying trainers right now, but you're so used to engaging with their content and you find them hilarious and you think they've been putting so much effort into engaging with you with Gen Z. When you think to go buy a pair of trainers, they're more than likely going to go to Foot Asylum first, simply for the fact that Foot Asylum has been in their face for the last 12 months without actually selling anything. And I think that's the key to a lot of this. It's a building on what Kat was saying, and I think it's a phenomenal point is, is it's about engaging with them in a way that feels natural to them. And if what feels natural to them right now is engaging with content on a regular basis. So if they're engaging with your company on a regular basis, not specifically the product, but they're engaging with your company on a regular basis, then when they go, actually, you know what, I need to I need to buy a razor, they think, oh, I've been I've been engaging with quote unquote Harry's for the last 12 months just with their content. So um, so why wouldn't I buy a Harry's razor? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, OK, so it's it's that community feel uh, yes. to it between a brand and the audience. But what you're saying very much is that you can't make an assumption about that, even I guess I guess even if you've had that relationship for a long long time, you need to constantly go back and check and see is this still the case? What do you think now? Has that has that changed? Um, what are you reacting to now? So I mean, just trying to think about um, societal change and how that affects something. Uh, I, I guess we've got things like Black Lives Matter. Uh, and and needing to understand how something like that might affect how people feel, or even something like the A levels disaster um, that's happened over the last week as we record this. You know how how do you feel about that? And and um, it, it, the A level thing is quite interesting because I, I think more obviously this is a very unusual year, but every year you kind of see on TV. Uh, a-level students opening their results live on tv mm. and you know with a with an older uh person um asking them you know oh do you hope to go to university and it will be in a little yeah. bit a little bit awkward whereas this year they've got something to say about it i mean they have something to say about it anyway i guess uh but but there's there's this real emotion and real protest uh about this and that that can change how that audience reacts to, to think so would it, would it be the case that a brand who's targeting um a gen z audience would need to be really quite acute to the issues of the day and and the vibe of of, of what's going on again probably by asking them how do you feel about it but do you do you think that's the case more than say other demographics like um baby boomers or gen x or gen y or whatever yeah 100 percent um, I think it's the world's constantly changing and I think one, some, something that Kat said earlier about them being digital natives it just alludes to everything else because basically as, as a digital native they're so used to iOS updates they're so used to um, and, and it sounds like a stupid example but Call of Duty updates so Call of Duty is constantly freaking updating and I'm talking like 30 gig updates so Gen Z are if you go on social media they're constantly moaning about the size of Call of Duty <laughs> updates and I think it's it's a prime example of them being so used to things constantly changing that they're kind of like okay I don't mind it constantly changing but just make the update easier do you know what I mean and I think yeah. <laughs> when you look at, when you look when you look at Gen Z they're looking at the world and they're going okay we we know things will change 
We know things are happening. But if brands aren't reflecting that in real time, then Gen Z are going to be going, why are you not paying attention to the world that we're paying attention okay. to, if that makes sense? So yeah. to them, it's going, you're, it's, it just looks on a brand side lazy. That's all it is. It just looks like you mm. can't be asked to put the effort in to actually do your research and see what's currently going on in the global climate. So when a brand then puts their foot in their mouth and makes a mistake, Gen Z will say, well, you should have done the research. There is no excuse for it. Um, yeah, so it's really it. fast. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, so that's that, so that's something for for brands to watch out for big time. Then is uh, because I mean I, you know I talk to brands about you know needing to keep a, a focus on what's going on in the news and how's your brand reacting to to this that and and the other. But you're saying that Gen Z are just not going to forgive you really very easily for for putting something wrong because their assumption is well well why don't you know or, or why have you got that wrong? It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, mm. But once once you do, and if you, if you are, um, you know, doing, if you are doing those things as a brand, then you will gain their loyalty, and that's that. And then that is so powerful because then they will stay with you and they will trust you, and then that is incredibly powerful for for, for brands that that do that. Um, so it's only going to benefit the brand if if they're aware of, of those things. Have, have you got any sense of how long that loyalty lasts for? Because it, it does sound from from talking today that I'm not, fickle is not the right word, but but if if you if you've got a stream of of information coming at you and you're able to react quickly it would stand to reason that you can pivot to another brand if they are more um uh, attuned to what it is that you're thinking right at right at that moment so so are but you're also saying that they're very loyal so how do you how do you marry those two conflicting ideas together i think yeah. they're, they're loyal if if you earn that loyalty so you know it's it's a continual thing so you know they'll stay loyal as long as you are developing with them um so it's not just a case of right okay they've they've you know they've hooked you in because they share similar values or they've proved themselves as, as a brand that fits with your ethos and your beliefs uh, but then you have to keep them so it's not just a yeah. one stop you know one one campaign isn't then going to make someone loyal. and it's not just gen z but you know anyone loyal for forever um but you do, you just need to keep working on it so you just need to keep developing keep asking keep creating um and just always keep that audience in mind yeah and i think i don't think i've the, the two prime examples of this one during one in politics and one in um in the branding world so glossier um they they are a arguably probably a Gen Z slash millennial brand. And for them, the Gen Z absolutely love them. But recently, so I saw over the last couple of days, there's been a bit of uproar with regards to the Glossier retail staff and them campaigning against Glossier. And I think Gen Z, Gen Z really got behind that and were just like, it's back. Because it, it, it was new information. So the previous information was Glossier is amazing. Everything's great. They treat all of their staff and they're an amazing company. But the new information they've got is actually they're mistreating their staff in the retail stores. So then Gen Z, it wasn't that they were no longer loyal, is that new information came about. And I think mm-hmm. the thing with previous generations was, is new information, so say for example, political example, with the Republican Party, new information came about about Donald Trump and nobody gave a crap. Everyone was just mm. like, oh, he's still a phenomenal human being. He's still yeah. God's chosen one <laughs> and so on and so on, even though the new information had come about. And I think one thing you're seeing in the political space is that you've got Gen Z Republicans and you've got even some older Republicans now 
as they get new information, they go, okay, his horrendous um, um, way of handling the coronavirus and the pandemic and all these different, all these different things that have, that have happened in the last, um, I'm sorry, not the pandemic, um, Black Lives Matter and all these things that have happened in the last uh, six months. With this new information, they're now going, oh, the guy's an idiot. Okay, cool. We need to vote somebody else into power. And I think what's happening now is Gen Z are very much a generation when new when inf- new information comes, they're very quick to act on that. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking for brands is, is when new information comes, be a brand that moves with that information. Don't be a brand that goes, well, this is what we've done for the last 100 years. This is what we will continue to do. And I think that's all they're asking. They will give you their loyalty if you are flexible enough to move with what's currently happening fascinating um okay so if we had to sort of summarize in terms of working with gen z uh what is what is the most important thing if they have, if there's one takeaway from from this conversation what is it the one thing that people need to know so about the, about them as an audience or about what they should be doing if, if either they should be doing yeah either. for me then it's about that um, it's it's consulting with them, um, so you know don't don't create something unless you have road tested and asked that audience first. That for me is the most important thing. Jay, exactly what ex- exactly what Kat said. I couldn't. I, I think <laughs> it's. I think. Um, I think the the way the world is moving at the moment. There's just no excuse not to. It literally blows my mind when I see something and I'm like. Who the hell did you consult before you rolled this out? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why yeah. the hell is this out in the world without you engaging with the people that you're targeting? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it's, yeah, what Kat said I can, like, it's, it's, it's exactly right. Just consult them and they will steer you in the right direction. That's simply it. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so, okay. So where can people find out a little bit more about you guys and what you're doing at Imagine? Uh, so you can go to our website, which is www.imagineinsights.com, um, or you can contact any of us, either of us, on any of our social. Um, so, yeah, Kat Agostino, um, I'm Kat underscore A at Twitter as well. Um, and Jay? Uh, yes, I'm J.K. Richards. That's J-A-Y-K for Kilo Richards on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Bebo, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you can literally find me Showing your find race. me anywhere <laughs> you can find me anywhere but I'd be, yeah, I'm about thank you very much guys it's been a pleasure to talk to you Thanks, thank Paul. you so much for having us well that's it for another episode huge thanks to Kat and Jay for their insight into an area that I really feel like I need to learn more about. Uh, I hope you were able to take something away from the discussion. Do let me know what you think. Reach out to us on social media. Uh, at Marketed Live is the best uh, one to get us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, or wherever you are. It doesn't really matter. You'll find a way for, for sure. Uh, don't forget to check out details of all our events and activities online at marketed.live. And if you fancy it, you know, tell your mates about what we're up to. I hope to see you on the next episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Our producer is Charlie Thacker. This is a Like Mind Media production for Marketed Live. You've been listening to the Marketed Not Live podcast. Want to go even deeper? 
Then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas, strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity. Visit marketit.live for what's on and how to book.